This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Terry Buck, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Terry Buck was a psychotherapist for nearly 30 years. After waking up in her own life and seeing that she was just moving through life, forgetting about the things she'd always wanted to do, like travel, but had stopped doing, she got clear on what she wanted got rid of the limiting beliefs that were telling her she was too old, it was too late, and so many others, and now has a plan of action for herself to move to Italy and travel more. She coaches women over 50 to live a life without regrets by getting clear on the life they really want, discover what beliefs are holding them back, and then clearing those beliefs so they can live life on their own terms. Welcome, Terry. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Sarah. So happy to be here. So just to get started, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? Well, yes, I do. Um, I think I think it's hard not to experience it, whether you let it run you or not, is the is the other thing. I, you know, of course, I I mean I'm 68 years old, so I I I don't have the energy I had when I was in my 30s. Um, I don't look the same as I did back then. And um I also notice that I'm I feel more urgent about doing things now. Um it's like you know, before it's easy when you're young to think of, oh yeah, I want to do that someday. And then it you kind of lose it and you don't ever get to that thing. Now, when it comes up, it's like, okay, let me put that in my calendar because I'm going to do that thing. <laughs> you know, so you, you start seeing the, I don't want to say the end of life because that sounds horrible, but you, you know, you're closer to the end than you were when you were in your twenties and thirties. So, you know, you want to do more things. You want to get those things done that you've been wanting to get done. Right. No, that makes makes perfect sense. I mean, as I, I'm sure you have this experience also. When I talk to women over 50 or 55, they pretty much feel that way. They mm-hmm. feel um, exactly. Of course, we feel we're getting older in our bodies. Most of us have 
have some recognition of that. But other than that, it's sort of, uh, let me get at it, you know. Right, right. It's that kind of feeling. And so you were a therapist for many years, and now you're a coach. Yes. Can you describe your journey from being a therapist (laughs) to being a coach? It wasn't a pretty one. (laughs) Um, My, you mean my transition from being a therapist to a coach? Okay. Um, Let's see where to start. So yes, I did that. I was a therapist for many years in California, and it was not an easy journey to do that. At the time, um, they didn't recognize education from other states. So I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get licensed in therapy as a therapist there. So when I moved to Minnesota, I thought, I'm not going through that again. (laughs) So, you know, because um, being a therapist, you get licensed from state to state. If you move out of state, you have to get relicensed in that state. And I did not want to have to go through all that again. So I thought, well, I can be a therapist or I can be a coach. That'll be easy, an easy, seamless transition, which, of course, it wasn't. Um, So I started, um, this was in 2013, when I moved full-time and needed to be a coach. I decided um, to be a, um, I went after my certification as a tapping into wealth coach. And I loved it. I loved the work. Um, I was picking up some clients because I was networking my brains out. And then after my mom died, I felt lost. I felt totally lost. I didn't want to continue doing that work as a coach. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life because I had, you know, I had spent so much time taking care of my mom. And I thought, and I started feeling the regrets too, the regrets of all the things I hadn't done yet in my life. And I thought, I can't be the only woman to feel this way. I know other people are taking care of their parents. I know other people have changed their lives. And I know other women might have to be feeling lost at this stage in life. And so I did, that's when I shifted over to this kind of work. Um, because it's so important to me that women don't lose hope that they can do so many things that they want to do. So, so that was, um, and I said it was a struggle because I thought it would be, I had kind of an easy time with my therapy practice because, you know, I worked with insurance companies. They gave me people. I worked for so many years that other people would refer, you know, family and friends to me. So I had a full practice without much effort. And um, I was expecting coaching to be the same. (laughs) And now I look back and I think, oh, you were so naive. But um, anyway, so my struggle has been learning the skills of finding clients and, and, um, you know, not having people send them right to me. (laughs) So I I think that's a, a, a very apt description for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, many of us, I think, are highly skilled at what we do yes. and highly unskilled at getting clients to do it. With. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's a whole skill set in and of itself. Right. Yeah. So what, I mean, they, they may be so different, this is, may not be answerable, but what did you like about being a therapist as compared with being a coach? And what do you like about being a coach as compared with being a therapist? Well, let's see. I liked being a therapist. Um, I feel like I got a lot of respect because people know how much education you have to have and how much how difficult it is. So, and you have to get licensed and all of that kind of thing. So, I feel like I mean, this is all looking back. Um, I, I'm not sure I felt that respect when I was actually doing it, but um, but I think there's that, and I I love. I just love working with people. And I have to say my my coaching isn't real different than my therapy because I still go deep with people and I still use tools like, you know, tapping and things like that with my coaching clients like I did with my, my therapy clients. Um, so that part isn't real different. But let's see, the, the second part was what do I like about coaching that's different um, I hated the business of therapy. Absolutely. There were, you had to have malpractice insurance. They were always talking about getting sued and you can't do this and you can't do that. And it just, now I think things have changed since when I became, when I got out of the field, but, but back then it was very, um, punitive almost. It felt heavy and, you know, like this weight, so I remember when I made the decision to not do therapy anymore, I felt this really great relief. And I thought, now I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I don't have somebody hanging over me saying, no, you can't do that. Um, I mean, that's the good and the bad of coaching, I think. I think there do need to be more regulation than there than there is. But yeah, so it was a sense of freedom becoming a coach. Yeah, I can hear that. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the things you're doing now that are most meaningful for you in addition to this coaching practice? Well, um, I recently moved to another part of the country because I like adventure and I wasn't doing adventure. I didn't have much adventure in my life for years. And I thought, I don't want to live in Minnesota anymore. I hate the winters, of course, and the summers are short. The, you know, I lived on a lake, so I loved the summers there, but they were like getting to be like two months out of the year. And um, and my mom wasn't there anymore. My brother had moved away, so I didn't really have a lot of family there anymore. And I was feeling really stuck and stagnant because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy anymore. And so I, I, had already lived on the West Coast, lived in the upper Midwest. And I thought, I've never lived on the East Coast. Let's check that out. And so process of elimination, I thought, I've never been to North Carolina. Let's try there. And so, you know, I joke like almost like I threw a dart at the map and picked a place. Um, but I mean, I did talk to a couple of people who lived here. Um, before I moved here. So that was that was an adventure for me to just come out here. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't, 
<laughs> oh, that's very brave. <laughs> I know. Um, and, and, and it turned out well because a friend of mine um, from Minnesota said, oh, I want to go with you for the road trip. And so she came out with me and she helped me find a, an apartment. I'm just renting right now. And <clears throat> but I knew I needed my life to be shaken up. And it did. I'm meeting new people. I'm getting out there. I've joined a meetup group. I'm, I'm meeting my neighbors and my business is starting to, to flow again, which it hadn't been doing for the last probably couple of years. So I feel more alive and I'm planning another trip back to Italy. This, in fact, I'm going next month. And um, so I feel more alive right now. That's a very brave move that you did. <laughs> you probably, when you say things are flowing, it's, it's, I don't know this, but I, I, my hunch is that when you were in Minnesota taking care of your mother, things weren't flowing. I mean, no. your life wasn't flowing. So it's no. not surprising that there, things weren't flowing. So, yeah. yeah. And I think after she died and I stayed, because I stayed for another three years. Um, Everything, I mean, it was hard for me to even go into town where she lived. And I grew up there um, <clears throat> because everything reminded me of her. There wasn't any positive feeling about going into town. And I lived out on a lake. I mean, it was pretty rural. So I had to go into town if I needed groceries or, you know, things like that. So it it wasn't a good environment for me anymore. Yeah. I... I'm very jealous that you're going to Italy next month. <laughs> I love Italy. Now, I've heard you say that Italy feels like home, and yes. I'm fascinated by that. So what does that mean to you? What does home mean to you? You know, I'm not even sure if I can put this into words, but, and I'll, I'll tell you a little, after I tell you that, I want to go into a little bit of background <laughs> So um, I, I don't, you know, I went there in 2018, a few months after mom had died and she left me money and, and I thought, and this, you know, it was all so synchronistic. I, I don't know if that's a word, but um, I, I have been on this woman's email list for years and I hardly ever opened her emails. I happened to open this email and she and this other woman had started this group where they took entrepreneurs to different countries for a month. So you could live, you know, you get an apartment, you get a workspace and you can, you know, live like the locals. And they were going to Italy in a few weeks. And I thought, I'm going. Actually, it took me a little longer to say I'm going. I didn't even have a, a passport that was uh, good. It, it had, had expired. So, so I had to do that. I had a lot of work to do before I could go to Italy. But I did that, and I got there, and I thought, I feel so comfortable in this country. I loved everything about it. And I know it has its downsides. I'm not blind to those. 
but the feeling I had when I was there, it's like, you know, people wanted to go here and there and I didn't care. I mean, I wanted to see sites. It didn't matter to me where I went. It, the whole country felt like a piece of me. I don't, I don't know how else to word that. But then when I got home from Italy, I remembered, actually, I didn't remember. I was going through my old yearbooks, my high school yearbooks. So you can imagine how many years ago that was. And well, 50. And, um, but I had saved them all and I was reading through what people had said. I don't know why I did this, but one of my close friends in high school said, had she had written in there, I think it was my junior year, she said, I hope you get your dream of living in Europe. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I had completely forgotten about, but I remember now as in high school, I thought I had this vision of me you know, sitting at those romantic cafe, you know, outdoor cafes, reading and writing, because I love to read and write. And then I lived in, well, at the time, I thought, I think I thought it was France, because I actually spoke French back then. And, <clears throat> um, but when I read what Diane had written, I thought, oh my God, no wonder. I this and I think this happens to so many of us. We have these dreams when we're younger and we shove them down. Life gets in the way. We we suppress these dreams and we forget about them. But our body doesn't forget about them. <laughs> right? So I think um yeah, I just, I think that was part of the reason it felt like home because there was a part of me that knew I was supposed to be living in Europe. That's fascinating. So is that the kind of thing that you help women rediscover? Yes, yes. Because I truly believe we all have a dream inside of us just waiting to come out. And, you know, for a lot of women... They don't know what it is. And so part of the work I do is help them discover, rediscover that dream. And maybe the dream has changed. I mean, it may not be the same dream that they had when they were younger. Things have happened. So, But I help them figure out what that dream is for them and then help them, you know, look at the, the limiting beliefs the fears, all of that kind of stuff that come up for them when they think about going after the stream, get rid of all of that so they can, and then help them make a plan to make their dream happen. Yes. So you're going to travel to Italy again. Do you have in the back of your mind living there? You know, after my, um, I met some wonderful women on my in my group in 2018, and I've stayed in touch with a few of them. And so um, I think that, well, so anyway, one of them, Jerry, had um, got me involved with the, these programs about how to move to Italy. So she and I have both been taking these programs. And along the way, I decided, hmm, I don't know if I want to live in Italy full time. It's 
a lot of, it's a lot of work. I don't qualify for any of their visas at the moment because I don't want to retire. And, um, but I can, but you can go to Europe for three months without a visa. So I think right now my plan is to go at three for three months at a time and, and not just Italy, but I want to see France and I have a cousin who lives in Germany and, you know, I just want to try. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So Italy's a big dream. What, what other dreams do you have right now that you haven't done yet? Boy, um, I don't, I'm sure there are a lot that I haven't discovered yet that I'm waiting to discover, but um, I think the travel for me right now is, is the big one. It's, you know, living on the lake like I did in Minnesota was a huge dream for me for many, many years. And so I'm, I'm proud that I made that happen. Uh, but then that dream changed. And I know our dreams change, too. So um, right now, travel is kind of what I want to do. I don't know where I want to live in the States yet. I don't know if this is where I want to live forever. Um, but I think I'm liking not knowing right now. I was just, the, the the what I was thinking about while you were talking was we sort of, I don't know, I can't find the words, but we sort of stew in our dreams. And um, lots of different things in a stew, you know, and they just sort yeah. of, and they just sort of um, simmer. Uh, and, at you know, it's sort of like a, 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 all of a sudden one of the, the bubble will come up and burst. And, oh, that's it. That's what I want to do. Yes. Um, and as long as we're open and paying attention, we'll Absolutely. see what that bubble's about. Right. Totally agree with that. And right now that bubble for me is going to Italy. <laughs> right. I can hear yeah. that. I mean, I'm a little obsessed, as you can hear, with Italy at the moment, um, because this is the fifth time I've planned this trip and it's fallen through. Oh, wow. Was yeah. this mostly COVID? Well, the first one was. And then the person I was going to go with for six weeks said, yeah, I'm not traveling ever to <laughs> internationally until COVID's over. And I'm thinking, OK, that's that could be, you know, never. So, um, yeah. So different pe people. Have, we, I've planned a trip with different people and then and then they've and something has come up for them and they've had to pull out and so I decided I'm going alone um and I'm okay with that I'm nervous about going alone and as soon as I made the decision to go alone and I started making my plans my friend Jerry um who lives in Florida said I want to go with you and so I said Okay. So anyway, she canceled a tour. She's going on. She's going to meet me in Southern Italy. We're going to do part of, you know, part of Southern Italy. And then we have a tour going on down there too. And then I posted on Facebook that I'm going to Italy. And my cousin who lives in Germany, who I just reconnected with a couple of years ago on Facebook, I hadn't seen her since I was like 10. Um, she said, I'm going to be in Venice. 
about the same time you are. So we've coordinated and, or she coordinated, I already had mine booked. And so I get to see this cousin who I haven't seen in 50 years. Um, I get to spend a few days with her in Venice. So oh, that's wonderful. Turning into a better trip than if I had planned all of that. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going alone anymore, but I could no. recommend Well, part of it I am. Part of it. I, I could recommend a book, Journey for One by ah. Jody Hopkins. And it's okay. really it's really a good book for women who want to primarily for women who want to travel alone. Because okay. um Many of us, I think, get to the point in our lives where if we want to travel and if we don't want to travel in a group, then we have to travel alone because right. we may not have anybody around us who wants to travel at all exactly. where we want to go. Or even though we may like them a lot to have coffee with, we don't necessarily want to travel with them. And so right. all sorts of reasons why we end up. Yes traveling alone so anyway it's a really good book I recommend it to you okay there's also a facebook group just for your audience if anybody's interested a facebook group called i should have written down what it's called solo travel after 50 and loving it or solo travel after 50 and style or something like that and loving it and i have gotten a lot of inspiration from reading posts for so many other women doing this yeah that's wonderful yeah do you experience, well, I got about 10 questions. Do you experience, number one, do you experience um, being treated as an older woman in our culture? And and the second question is, if yes or no, is it any different or the same in other cultures? And I guess Italy would be. yeah. I think in our culture, I I definitely um, see a lot of messages for older women. I think um, I think we are often overlooked and depending on where you are. I mean, in main society, like me going out and running errands, you know, I think we're often overlooked or we're a little invisible or, you know, things like that, which I used to really notice and, and irritated me. Now I don't as much but um i think i mean this 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 really came to my mind too is you know my work i'm always you know i'm in my marketing i'm trying to find photos of women over 50 so my target market can relate there are none i mean i belong to a you know a a service where you can download royalty free photos i put in Oh my gosh, I've put in everything from midlife woman to a uh, woman over 50. Finally, I put old lady in there and got something. But, but the only the only kind of, of um, photos that were popping up were women, uh, a woman with a doctor. Yes. And or a, an older couple, and they didn't look like they were really enjoying each other's company that much. And I'm thinking, really? Is that how the world sees older women? You know, why can't we have pictures of, you know, independent women having fun with, whether by themselves or with other fun-loving <laughs> independent women? Um, so I'd like to change that somehow. I, 
I think I know some photographers. I'm going to get them to start submitting pictures like that. Yes, please. Because for those of us who work, um, yes. work with and on behalf of older women, we yes. look for pictures. And what we end up doing is use, using the same pictures all the time because they're only... Exactly, because there aren't any. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've looked in my Facebook group, I pick, I found that picture of that woman who looks like a, I don't know, 50, 60, 70-year-old woman, like a real woman. She's not a 30-year-old with a gray wig on or, or, you know, however they come up with these, some of these women. They have gray hair, but, you know, a lot of women in their 30s have gray hair. So um, it's just not representative of, of our group. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure between the two of us, we've talked to and interviewed many, many older women. Yes. And... What you hear when you talk to older women is not what is visible to us in advertising or in no. in all sorts of ways. And no. I don't know how long it's going to take um, for the media, quote unquote, to catch up with what is real here. I think we're going to have to do it. I think we are doing it. Yeah, I, I do, too. I do, too. You, yeah. know, you, sa- you said when I asked you, do you experience it? You said that you had seen it and so forth, but not so much now. And what that's fascinating to me. So it's because what I wonder is you often at times hear women, older women say they feel uh, invisible or unnoticed. And right. I, what can we do for ourselves to change that? Yeah, I think, I think change one changing beliefs. I'm so big on changing our beliefs because, you know, I've grown up feeling invisible. I'm, I, you know, that's just one of my things that I've had to really work on over the years. And so then when I became older and I thought, oh, no, not still, you know, now I really feel invisible. Um, I think what helped me was changing my attitude about it, thinking, you know, okay, other women are feeling this way too, but that doesn't mean I have to, I have to experience it or I have to feel it. I guess, let me backtrack. I think it's kind of, it's what goes on. I think a lot of younger people don't notice older women, but that doesn't mean we have to buy into it. I guess it's really more what I'm trying to say. And um, what I have done personally is I'm around more women my age now. And so you don't get that when you're with women your age. And so that has helped me immensely. But I think some of it's the inner stuff, too. Uh, Yeah, I think um, sometimes when I think about the question I ask you, I think I wonder... To what extent is it um, us changing our our attitude toward aging? Mm-hmm. Because unless we die, we're going to age. Exactly. Yeah. And so to have a negative feeling about getting older um, is really counterproductive. I heard somebody say something like um, being anti-aging is like being anti-breathing. Right. You know, it just doesn't make any sense unless you're unless you're ready to die. And if you're ready to die, well, that's okay. But um, otherwise, 
is going to yeah. happen. The other thing that I've noticed um, is for me, I've always, and I didn't do this on purpose. <laughs> it just happened to be um, something that I've done. I've always had like a woman role model in my life, ah. just a little bit older than I am often. And so when I turned 40, other 40 year olds around me were freaking out about turning 40. I couldn't wait. I mean, I really have always had the same, and maybe it's because of my mom. I mean, she died when she was 98 and she never seemed to until the end have an issue around age. And so I kind of grew up with a good attitude about aging. And I have every decade I have had somebody I admire my you know, I have a, a good friend who's now 80, in her 80s, and she, up until recently, has been traveling all over the world. And she'll just sign up with a tour group and go by herself with a tour or friends or whatever, but she has never let age stop her either. And so I always look to these women who are, who are doing things that I want to do. And get kind of an attitude from them. That is a wonderful suggestion. Um, and what it also suggests to me is that it's really important for us to do that for younger women. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because the only, unless they have an, 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 you know, an active older woman in their life, the only thing they will see is negative. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, yes. <laughs> well, Terry, we're coming to the end of our time. This has been delightful. Um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, um, how could they do that? Well, email is probably the best, and that would be Terry, which is T E R I at untapped potential coaching.com. Great. So, so that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on all popular outlets. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Terry Bach. And don't forget, you can find her at Terry at un, that's T E R I, at untop potentialcoaching.com. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Terry. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. 
The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.